Welcome to the Link Adelaide podcast, today with another interview from a fringe artist from the 2012 Adelaide Fringe Festival. And I'm joined by Joanne Hartstone, John Maurice and director Michael Allen to talk about Misery, which is happening at the Theatre and High Ground as part of the uh, Adelaide Fringe Festival this year. Um, how are you guys doing? Good. Great. Thanks. Excellent. This is the first time Misery has been performed here? Second time. Second time. Yeah. You were here last year. We were here last year at the Bakehouse and um, we decided to bring Misery back. Well, Mick and I decided we were going to bring Misery back as an attempt to create a touring version um, and to be able to be a part of the CIT as an Australian contingent. So represent Adelaide within this international forum um, as really good work. And we, we kind of based that on the fact that we had a good season when we did it last year. We, yeah. we sold out three weeks at the Bakehouse, which is good motivation to bring it back again people want to see it. So. Um, now, everyone is aware of Kathy Bates yeah. and the film version of Misery, um, which is of course a Stephen King novel. Where did you take your script from? Have you created from the film? No, this is an adaptation by a guy called Simon Moore. It's um, officially sanctioned by Stephen King, so... Um, he, he knows about it, and it's, it, it's an official adaptation of the the book. It's yeah. close, more closely aligned to the book than it is the film. Yeah, um, and it's only got two the two main characters in it. There's a few other characters as well, so it's stripped right back down to the interaction between Paul and Annie. Yeah, and their life. And for those uninitiated to the work, what's it all about? So uh, Paul Sheldon is a um, a popular romance novelist who probably has a, an exaggerated opinion of his own talent. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's been made famous for writing a romance character called Misery Chastain. Um, and he decides to go away one year to the woods in um, Colorado, I think it is. And, but he wants to get away from Misery, he wants to write the new avant-garde novel. Um, and finishes his book has a couple of champagnes and decides to drive home, has an accident in the snow and gets rescued by Annie Wilkes who happens to be a nurse and also happens to be his number one fan and she nurses him back to... Rescued in a very loose sense. Of the loose word. sense of the word. Brings him back. But only to discover that he's subsequently killed off her favourite character, the Misery Chastain character and um, isn't too pleased with that. So yeah. Mildly she, putting it. Mildly yes. putting it, yeah. So she, she demands that he... He re- re- resurrects the character and rewrites another a novel for her. Yeah. So it's about uh, how Annie motivates Paul to do that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, John, you were last seen in Adelaide as part of that case for 5.1 at the end yep. of last year. Um, this, this is perhaps... Uh, you'll obviously be on stage a little more in this show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. Pretty yeah. much all the time. In fact, you never leave, yeah, I do don't you? leave at all. It's no. In this whole show. Whereas in that face, I was on for two scenes. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you never walk in this show as well. It's it's a very rare show for an actor that he never actually gets up and moves. Well, I spent the whole of Act 1 in the bed. And Act 2 in a wheelchair. But let's not give anything away. (laughs) (laughs) How he gets there. At its heart, this story is about fandom. It's about... Yeah. Um, have you taken in preparing the character? Have you taken in more modern day? Uh, what I've done with the character mostly is I've taken it from the book. Yep. Um, 
because he Stephen King, I think, really delves into the paranoia of of um, fame, really. Um, and yeah, and it's it's just such a well-written book that um, the the psyche of it all is there. It's scary as hell, you know. It's um, to actually think because I think he wrote it didn't he, because he was being stalked by somebody, mm. and he just took it to a different level. Um, Mm. The thing was loosely based on the premise that in the early days of Stephen King, we did a bit of research, and that apparently he was he was a lot like Paul Sheldon, and that he was young, successful, and a bit arrogant. Yeah. And discovered that he had a stalker, and I think the, the premise was, well, what happened if my stalker caught him? Yeah. yeah. So took it from there and went on. And he, I miss, yeah, the the great joy of horror writers about John Stephen King's the ability just to walk reality and sort of slowly wrap it up and take it to yeah. the depths. The there's quite a lot about the 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 action on stage that is quite normal and domestic. They actually have quite a domestic relationship and you're right, he, Stephen King's man, he manages to take that everyday domesticity and put it through a, a some weird kind of lens and yeah. come out the other side with a very different relationship. So I think that kind of adds to that tension, the fact that you can relate to the everyday domesticity of what's going on on stage, but the characters that are, that are living it uh, out there. And he doesn't take himself too seriously. There's quite... The premise we had when we went into this was that this is like a roller coaster ride. You, you pay money to go on the ghost train ride at the yeah. show. You know, you want to have a scare... It's, it, we're, we're trying to go boo without doing damage to anyone. So yeah. I think Steve... But we also found it quite funny when we read yeah. it. We, we thought it was, you know, are we all sick? And we got a sick sense of humor. But then when we first performed it, we found other people laughing at things that we didn't find funny because we found that they were... We thought that was a bit too close to the boat. Yeah. But, you know, maybe we're all sick. Yeah. Yeah. It is a fun... It's a fun show. Yeah. We're not trying to be art... We're trying to we're trying to make theatre for everyone, yeah. you know. With a good ride. Yeah, all the art is hidden. Yeah. <laughs> <I can't see laughs> Cheap gags yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and the scare tactics. Yeah. And I imagine for you, Joanne, uh, I've always heard playing a bitch is much more fun than playing. <laughs> yeah, it's it is fun being the bad guy. Um, I always tend to play bitches for some reason. I don't I have no idea why. Um, but my last show with Guy Masterson was Oliana, and that was she was a real bitch. Like she yeah. was the kind of bitch that you wanted to really attack. And I, I actually think Annie, in some ways, she's you can feel a bit of sympathy for her because she's. I mean, yes, she's she's psychotic, but she's genuinely psychotic, and she's. She's loopy, but she in a lovable way. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes, so I think, in some ways, this is. I I don't like her, but I can find her genuineness and her belief in what she's doing and her moral code. And in that way, I like her more than I did the last character I was playing, where I thought she, Carol and Oliana was just a bitch. <laughs> but no. Annie is, um, she's a troubled soul. Yeah. Troubled soul. But then you yeah. kind, of, kind of very easy to rationalise her belief and rationalise her actions. Um, in a twisted way. Yeah. So I wouldn't say that there is logical, rational thought, but if you then can 
combine her rational thought with um, her fetish and her desire and her upbringing and her moral code and her obsessive compulsive disorder and all these sorts of things combined together you can find a, a logic through line which obviously in our society wouldn't wouldn't work yeah. but in her cloistered sheltered isolated world gets her yeah. through terror. Yeah, yeah. And it's just it's just it's on the edge of total crazy or completely normal, which I think makes it quite dangerous because this woman has functioned in society. She was a midwife. You know, she was taking care of people's babies and watching people being born. Taking care of they were taking care of. They were taking care of, right? You know, she worked in old people's home and and, and nursing homes and took care of, of, you know, older people in their dying years. Even though she quickened the process somewhat, it was she was still functioning in society. She's a character in that respect. She's a character that people are familiar with. I mean, just recently, the guy, the nurse who. Burned down the nursing home in Sydney. Yeah. Um, the Annie characters are with us, and we we walk among they walk amongst us all the time. So again, in that sense, the, you can really relate to Annie yeah. because you probably met her. But wouldn't you say? I'd say in the first couple of scenes, at least, if you didn't know that she was such a psycho, you'd actually think that she was the nicer of the two. If you just came into it, you'd kind of go, "He's an asshole." She's doing the best she can. Well, she's she's a bit weird. Yeah. You know, she's a bit quirky and odd. <laughs> but yeah, you but it's only as time goes on that the character unfolds. And there's actually a really nice journey for both both characters on stage. That um, Paul starts as an asshole, and his experience changes him. But Annie. She stays the same in some ways, but you just get to see more and more and more of the dragon inside. Yeah. So, um, and that's a really nice journey as well to be able to peel away the facade that she puts on, and and, and then just eventually you just see ooginess. And you join is there enjoyment in? I mean, I think everyone kind of enjoys watching a smug person get something. I know that you're playing if you kind of enjoy the audience's enjoyment of that up to a point. Oh, well, no, absolutely. It's, it, it, you know, it's great playing the bitch, but it's also great playing the victim. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, there's a massive amount of enjoyment when you convince somebody that you're in that much pain or you need some help or, you know, you can feel the audience on your side. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But do you, do you sense their joy at an early point, I guess? In seeing, in seeing this arrogant guy get a bit of colour Yes, um, there, I think there is a. We've we've tried getting to that, um, and there are a couple of scenes where you just kind of go, "This the lines are very blurred." You know, who is in the right? Who is in the wrong? You know? um, Certainly, there are scenes where, where where you walk away going, "That Paul's such a bastard. Why, why would he say that to him?" Yeah. What, you know, he doesn't need to be like that to it. And so you do, and again, that's that's what we I think we enjoy playing with the idea that the audience can vacillate between 
Oh, you know, leave Annie alone. She's all right. You didn't have to be like that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Couldn't leave Paul alone. <laughs> <laughs> too much. Too much. Too much. Her, her psychosis definitely outweighs his arrogance. <laughs> <laughs> By a long way. Um, and few limited, limited chances to see the show uh, during the 2012 Adelaide Fringe Festival in his misery. Um, and playing uh, from February 26th until March 17th. Uh, takes dates, time and details and tickets check adelaidefringe.com for more details at linkadelaide.com.au uh, Joanne, John and Michael thank you very much for your time have a great season thank, thank you Stephen thank you for more on this show and 922 others check our website linkadelaide.com.au or you can find them all at adelaidefringe.com.au and for the latest news and info from Link Adelaide be sure to like us on Facebook facebook.com forward slash Link Adelaide